0: This is Overture, the Prelude Podcast. Welcome to the Prelude Podcast. My name is Chris Willis. I'm a Principal Security Researcher here at Prelude.
1: Hi, I'm Alex Manners. I'm a Principal Security Engineer at Prelude. And
0: today we have a special guest, Stefan who was our intern, but now a full-time hire. Yeah,
2: thanks for having me on, guys. Uh, I think I'm one of the last uh, team members that hasn't been on, but check that box off now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Now Now the rate that we're growing, I'm not quite sure that's true anymore. I think there are yeah. probably more people yeah. that haven't been on the podcast that have been.
2: It's true now at this point, yeah. But uh, yeah, like Chris said, I... Started off as an intern here at Prelude uh, last summer, summer of 2021. And then I was fortunate enough to join the team as a junior software engineer now. So, of course, glad to be here and glad to keep learning.
0: And you're still going to school.
2: Yeah, I am. So, yeah, I uh, am a somewhat junior, somewhat senior in college still. (laughs) (laughs) I'm still taking classes, uh, but I go to Virginia Tech. Studying mechanical engineering, which is uh, way out of left field for the industry that I'm in now.
0: Yeah, that's definitely something we're going to talk about. Like yeah. The the whole transition from MECI to software engineering.
2: It was a big one, you really know. Interesting. <laughs> yeah.
1: Also yeah, interested yeah. in your, your personal calculus around the decision to drop out of school full-time so that you could come join us on our, on our journey and the prelude research team.
2: Yeah. You know, that decision as well as the one that I think about daily on just dropping out of school, (laughs) 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 the one that my parents aren't too fond of, but you know, for me, it's a little, it's a little enticing. Stefan, we, we
0: start every podcast with a guest Mm -hmm. with questions. So, um, first question out of the gate what security technology or concept outside of what you're currently working on and doing mm-hmm. uh do you want to see get better in the next year
2: yeah you yeah, know, I, I had to reflect upon this one and like I, I right off the bat like i couldn't think of anything and as uh distracted as i get sometimes i, I hopped on social media and was going on instagram right and all throughout Instagram, there's just a ton of bots everywhere. You check the comments, the first 20 comments are all bots, like all linking you to some sketchy website where, you know, no doubt you'll download something you shouldn't. Right. And I was like, wow, you know, I feel like I've seen this everywhere all over, like all across social media, no matter where you are, there's just an endless amount of bots just like portraying all these, uh, like fishing links. Right. And so, I was thinking about like the younger generation too. Like, I mean, I have nieces and nephews now who are, you know, eight years old and they have access to social media and they don't know any better. Right. So like, I think it's just terrible uh, on the parts of like social media companies to not have like more restrictions on, on, to like newly created accounts. or like what you can link in and all of that. It's, It's actually kind of scary because this younger generation is going to grow up not knowing the difference, not knowing what to trust.
0: Or will it be the other way around? Like, you know, we will (laughs) always have to tell our parents, like, this is really not... Not news. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: Uh, I think it could definitely go both ways. I think there's going to be a, a harsh reality check for a lot of the younger generations trying to click that link for a uh, one thousand free V bucks, right? Oh. <laughs> and, and instead, uh, their parents' credit card gets charged. You know, a thousand dollars the next day somewhere. So I think,
1: yeah, yeah. There's also like this really interesting concept. I can't remember where I read it where. Basically, our generation, your age to a little bit older, we'll call it like David's mm-hmm. age, maybe even a little older than David. Yeah. We're in that perfect <laughs> zone of technology where technology was at that point where we were young, mature enough, mm-hmm. where it was easy to get into, and you could really learn the underpinnings of how it worked. And now we're at yeah. the point where most technology is completely simple to use and all of the mm-hmm. underpinnings of how it works are abstracted from the user. So most people now who are born and use technology just won't understand mm-hmm. how it works. It'll be like magic boxes. And then yeah. we, as like as a result of growing up around the actual foundational building of it, have a better understanding naturally. It's just interesting that like the old generation doesn't necessarily have a good understanding of technology, but now like the new generation doesn't either. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. it's also, yeah, like to your point of saying that, like we got to see technology. And like the internet kind of grow. Right. And this younger generation's kind of just been thrown in into like a way more developed and uh, like knowledgeable space on how things work. I mean, like cyber attacks really, you know, 20 years ago, uh, weren't as a parent, I should say, weren't as developed, but now like, you know, throw some kids on an iPad and I, I, I guarantee you they're going to click a ske- sketchy link in 30 minutes. <laughs> But that that's like some like technology security, like surface level place that I'd really like to see get more attention to. I mean, even
0: so bot mitigation and like bot bot awareness. Yeah.
2: I mean, like even today I got an email and it's from the, uh, obviously like hundred percent phishing email, right? I clicked the email address cause I'm always just like interested. This email address was like 30 some characters long, all random order at, another host name with like, you know, 15 or so like characters long, just random. I was like, I mean, like, come on Yahoo! like, how are you, how, how do you think this is a real email address? <laughs> Why would they be uh, in contact with me? <laughs> <laughs> also with like question marks in the subject name, right? It's like, come on.
0: <laughs> but cheaping out. They don't, they don't want to pay for all. No, I know. Are we, stuff. is yeah. it cheaping
1: out or are they just using it? Cause it works. <laughs> I think it's probably a little bit of both. Yeah,
0: go, go, Google does a decent job, mm-hmm. but then you go outside of Google's like you know Gmail system, and then it's like, all right, well, uh, yeah. And then if you do your own thing, then you realize like, oh, I, I should. Yeah. Do this. G-
2: <laughs> Gmail is awesome. I don't know if you guys have ever been uh, like in a situation where you want to switch over to like a different uh, email platform, right? So like, I want to make the switch from Yahoo to Gmail. But it's like man i don't i have accounts registered everywhere i was like i don't even know where to begin with that oh yeah <laughs> i'm just scared it's a whole
0: bunch of forward yeah scared to you take just, the dive you gotta, <laughs> yeah you just gotta forward and then like you know know that like when you forward then you have your email set so it's like it's, your your name, yeah. plus Yahoo. So then you know it just comes from Yahoo every time. It's gonna Dude, be a it's,
2: mess. It's a
1: it's a pain. It's a pain. it's
2: gonna be a weekend thing for sure when I do decide to do it.
1: Yeah, that's why I with Google I use that plus sign whenever I sign up for a new service. Mm-hmm. That way I know who's selling my data, and I can yeah. smart yeah, <laughs> register for smart, an account. Smart. Whatever email plus insert service name here at gmail.com and then whenever it pops up as like hey would you like to meet local singles in your area thanks company
2: yeah hey dude they're just looking out for you right yeah by selling my data (laughs) all
0: right well um so i think we've got a lot of things to uh To discuss Mm -hmm. on on you know how you got to Prelude and like the internship experience and you were doing some QA stuff, Mm -hmm. now you're doing some front-end engineering. So um I think the first thing is like you're in you're in like mechanical engineering. Like Mm -hmm. how did it get from like I'm I'm a Meki to I want to do software engineering? Yeah. And like I was thinking
2: about this before I hopped on the podcast. I was like, like what, like did click for me to make that switch? Um,
0: You're not the only person I know. Yeah. This.
2: Well, Alex, right. you uh, studied some sort of engineering in college, right? Not.
1: I did uh, engineering management and it was like process yeah. engineering, but it was high, mm-hmm. highly computer science oriented. So I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not okay. like your shoes here.
2: Yeah. Yeah so the only experience that was really applicable to this before was, uh, if you guys are familiar with MATLAB, (laughs) (laughs) that was, that was the extent of coding for me uh, in my major. But, uh, I just like kind of thinking back, like I've always been, um, that
0: that definitely would
2: make you learn the QA process. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Shots fired. Definitely super relational, but for me, like I've always been like a creative person. I've always like liked the idea of inventing or just building on. And with that part of being an engineer, as you guys know, is like being efficient, right? Like you want to always optimize anything you do. And in my life, I kind of thought of that the same way. Like thinking of myself as a system, right? Like I want to be efficient. I want to optimize. And I didn't want to be limited in what I could do. Right. And so I was like, Hey, I'm going to go to school. I'm going to get a mechanical engineering degree because that'll cover most of my bases within engineering. And then also an engineering degree is just a degree in problem solving. Right. So I can go to like whatever space I wanted to, that was my thought. But as I got to know mechanical engineering more, I felt that the space itself was just a little too slow for me, you know, and obviously there are other startups that are more fast paced like what they're working on but i like just like had toured different like job sites and like had done an internship before and the whole atmosphere was just slow you know and i wanted something fast paced and that's why when i discovered uh the prelude internship found out what you guys or us now are doing um I just like fell in love with like how fast paced it was. And also the industry itself, cybersecurity is like the fastest growing industry in the world right now, I'd say. And that's just like what like piqued my interest. I was like, you know what? I don't want to be stuck with all these old timers who are, you know, (laughs) writing papers and uh, maybe applying for patents and that's about it. I was like, I want to be a part of something that like actually develops the future.
0: Yeah you bring up a good point in that like a lot of engineering disciplines they are quite slow paced like even thinking things like uh you know chemical engineering mm-hmm. and things like that like even even almost getting to electrical engineering yeah. depending on what you do in electrical engineering it could be fast paced mm-hmm. or it could be real slow yeah and uh yeah very uh, it's very relevant to that computer science and you know a lot like I, I even know at my university, like, they didn't want to consider computer science engineering. Mm, yeah. <laughs> it was still computer science and engineering, but, like, we never got, like, engineering rings or right. anything like that, like all the other engineers what, did. Was it,
2: like, a discipline of, like, the College of Engineering?
0: Yeah. It was, so, um, computer science – so, some some universities, they have computer science in both. So, it's, like, it becomes, like, a humanity, mm. and then it also becomes, like, a uh, an engineering degree. Um, For us, we we only had engineering degree, um, so it was computer science and engineering. So their designation to why it was in the engineering
1: department was because it had
0: architecture. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So
1: so my <laughs> school did actually two separate degrees. They had a computer science degree, but you could also do a software engineering degree. So there were two completely separate tracks, and the uh, computer wow. science was bachelor's of science, and then the software engineering I'm pretty sure was a BSE. And it wasn't engineering so that they had like a clear delineation between the more mathy stuff. And mm-hmm. like, yeah, I, I think some schools like even do in more of like a bachelor's of arts in computer science, because it is more like philosophy, yeah. math type stuff
2: For the software engineering major was that like, true to software engineering as it is now or like more focused on hardware? Yeah. yeah. So I took itself. one of
1: the classes that were part of that degree and <laughs> I was talking to, I don't know why this came up but I was talking about some to somebody about this project and one of the projects they have you do for it is basically help a like part of the, it's called the Miami and Indian Tribe. So Miami University mm-hmm. is named after an Indian tribe that lived in the Miami Valley and, and they wanted to do like build some software to help help students who are from those cultures learn the the language essentially so we basically ripped off rosetta stone <laughs> And <laughs> just built built our own version of like quote unquote Rosetta Stone, like the those quad grid thing where it would say the word and you'd click on the image that matches whatever word. Hmm. Um, but that was the type of project that it would be, and it was more geared towards designing entire solutions and actual engineering of product as opposed to hmm. going through and doing like theory math. What what is it called when you do like problem reductions on like P and NP problems, like? That, big of, yeah. A.K.A. the class I almost <laughs> didn't pass. That's what I call it.
2: <laughs> I'm in a lot of those. <laughs> um So wait, was your version of Rosetta Stone like your senior design project? No, no, that was no, just that something was just, else.
1: Uh, I think it was like a 200 or 300 level class. Um
2: I don't. Did remember. you have a senior design project? I did. What was it? So I need inspiration. (laughs) uh,
1: No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do mine. So mine was a uh, path optimization related Mm -hmm. to uh, monkeys and how they would travel through a rainforest. So one of the professors had uh, been basically collecting data about the migration patterns of certain primates through some forest somewhere. And basically the goal was to figure out the best way to model and predict paths that the primates would take in the future based off the data that we had. So we did like, I uh, basically generated 3d topo maps and would like come up with different ways to do path optimization over 3d topo. But that was very not interesting. That's- it sounds way more interesting than it was. And I promise <laughs> yeah. you it was not that interesting.
2: Well, like I almost see like an application of that, like, you know, taking those primates, like instincts towards pathing, see if you can apply it to like civil engineering and the way they develop roadways. You know, if there's got to be a a better way (laughs) instead of me getting stuck at an intersection for an hour.
1: I think what we realized ultimately is the conclusion from it is they mostly stay to the highest elevation and would try to always go downhill when possible, which no shit. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know, but now we have math and statistics to back it up. I don't know. I guess I just tend to go with what my gut says like, yeah, mostly downhill. Yeah, try to stay as high on higher ground as possible. I don't know.
2: Basically, just consume as the least amount of energy as possible for them. Do you have
1: a a project already or?
2: So. I've done a lot of projects and I'm also working on like two right now to like uh, more theoretical ones, but as for the senior design project, that will be something for next year as my, my senior, for anyone who can't see I'm air quotes, my senior slash fifth year, whatever, <laughs> whatever you consider it. Um, but I've heard the university just like has a list of problems that they want you to solve. You just pick from one of them. I'm not sure if you yep. can submit your own. I'm really hoping you can, though. Um, but
0: I'm sure you can go to a professor and just say, hey, uh, I got this idea from for, for your lab. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and pitch it. Because a lot of them just come from the labs. Mm-hmm. So you just end up working with like some company that pays money to have you work on
2: this. Yeah. You know, I'll go thing. to my professor and be like, hey, your work on micro threading is really interesting. And on another note, I want to do something cybersecurity-related. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't see uh, probably, how that relates, but...
1: <laughs> you could probably grab some, like, ICS yeah. stuff. Yeah, exactly. That would be pretty cool. Do some POCs against some of the PLCs they have.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh. You know, I, I, I feel like uh, I've heard that using Arduino is required, so I have to make my... Uh, fake point of contact there
0: there was some really cool uh design projects out of vt doing uh security on um, um the uh computer vision for mm. uh driverless cars yeah that was a few years ago mm. but it was there was some cool research and there was a quite a few security people uh that went to some bigger uh, companies Ooh, really? that
1: Um, that was, you know, what you could do if they're doing computer vision, you could see if there's a way for you to inject fake, uh, like fake cars, fake data into Mm -hmm. the the car's vision. Like imagine if you could inject a pole 10 feet in front of the car into the, Mm -hmm. like the sensor data or, or the sensor processor and just have the, wow, it just went very dark, but you get my point.
2: (laughs) Yeah, no, that (laughs) whole space is so interesting to me. You know, like the uh, self-driving cars, you know. Um, and I haven't done enough research on them to to know what I'm talking about, right? But I just feel like there's so many ways to take advantage of them that, like, they've got to be susceptible. Yeah, you could also attacks. go get
1: uh, one of those ODB readers, like, off Amazon and mm-hmm. see if you could wire up your own ODB reader so you could actually send messages through CanBus. And then see if you could, like, bork your own car. That'd be pretty cool. That would be awesome. I'm, there's there's a, a device
0: that's called a Panda. It's from Kama. Oh, that does all that. right. So get one of those. Uh, yeah.
2: Let's see. Yeah, I feel like I definitely have to do something in that space if I can. I mean, that's related to mechanical engineering in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, automation or automotives, and, right?
0: <laughs> and the, they're actually testing cars out there in Blacksburg. Because there's not... There's, there's not that many people mm-hmm.
1: there. <laughs> hey, I'm here. It's just students.
0: <laughs> no. Students yeah. aren't people, so I- Chris. This is the bunch there of are people out there. There's <laughs> just students.
2: Yeah, on an unrelated note to the podcast, but Blacksburg, the percentage of students to actual residents, it's like 80% students and then 20% residents. So during the summer, Blacksburg businesses like, like, they struggle to survive. It's terrible. That sounds like my school too.
1: Miami university is very, very much like that. Once the students leave, that's,
2: that's it. That's it. They just like pray for them to come back. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so now that you've fully dove into the software engineering realm, um, are you finding anything from your mechanical engineering experience and learning that is helping you be a more successful
2: software engineer. I think the biggest point that I've learned through my mechanical, excuse me, my mechanical engineering studies is, like I said, it's a degree in problem solving, right? Um, and with mechanical, we've covered so many different topics. You know, whether like they're more physics related or um, material science, uh, statics, stuff like that. There's a set way to approach a problem. And I feel like I've used that almost every time I log on to our code base, (laughs) you know, (laughs) Uh, when I have to do QA or when I have been tasked to bug to fix, right. I have to like take a step back and break down our entire like chunk of code that I'm looking at. Right. And like analyze it to see which like piece of it that I'm actually tackling. Right. Because Part of mechanical engineering is taking a bigger problem and breaking it down into like smaller, more digestible chunks, and I feel like that I use that all the time, especially when I was more uh, when I was newer to the code base, right? And struggling to read uh, the different types of code that people write as well. well <laughs> some shade at loose there. <laughs> no, 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 uh, no shade thrown. It's just everyone has their own coding style, right? <laughs> And so some I'd have to spend more time looking at others I like wouldn't. But
1: I really I think just hope that Lewis aspect listens of to this. He's like, hey, he's now now you but, work for him.
2: I know. Yeah, he's know. like my boss now. Uh, I'll send him the timestamp when we upload Perfect. it. <laughs> no, but also working with Bruce is awesome, yeah. and he's a great teacher. Definitely.
1: That doesn't mean we but can't yeah, give so, him shit over his some of his code. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chris, I mean, for context, yeah. I actually had a I had a conversation with Lewis about 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 basically like making the code readable for for our interns. And I was like, Lewis, <laughs> yeah. your code is good, and it <laughs> and it's awesome. But it took mm-hmm. me, as one of the principal engineers on the project, two hours to read it. And understand yeah. what it was doing. <laughs> so perhaps we make it a little simpler.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's all that functional programming that's like having to like
1: relate. <laughs> it's not even the functional components. Like it's it's that he's able to do a lot of nested reducers. Mm-hmm. That's really where I struggle. I yeah. can't do multi-level nested reducers and, and map the, the data models in my head. Where for him, that's easy. Uh, but for me, I just can't do yeah. it. So it takes me a lot yeah. longer to read that kind of programming. Uh, but everybody's different, his, right? It,
2: yeah, his programming yeah. is awesome. Yeah. It's like super compact, works super well. Yep. But like I said, when I... And I didn't know anything about coding, really, especially not like a, co- a company's code base. When I got thrown into like the first problem I had to tackle and I looked at it, <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I'm in the wrong <laughs> wrong career path. <laughs> 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 like I've never struggled with classes or like learning things, and I looked at that and I was like, "Wow!"
0: <laughs> Everyone has that moment. Yeah, it's it's great. Yeah, it
1: doesn't help that it was basically Lewis, David, and I for eight months, no commenting, no documentation, <laughs> just straight <laughs> yeah. up writing code and merging stuff in just to get like the product built prototype. So that yeah, you I came forgot, on like, board and, and you like, I "Hope it works." What? <laughs> I,
2: I forgot about that like in my brief MATLAB experience like my professors would make me add comments to every single line so that like that they knew what was happening and so that we understood as well. I get thrown into that code base there's no like no like commenting or anything no explanations. I was like, "Oh my gosh!" <laughs> G- going from MATLAB to Lewis's code—that's <laughs>
1: <Right? laughs>
2: that should be my senior design project, right there. I think what we have
1: to do for this podcast, because now that we've talked about his code, is include a snippet of one of his multi-nested, mm-hmm. like multi-layer nested reducers because yeah. they look awesome. <laughs> You're totally right, and they're super
2: cool. Yeah, I just can't awesome. read them. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Or it's like you have to break them apart. You know, you have to take three lines, then space them out to like 15 different lines so you can see each nested part. <laughs> That's literally what I would do and then put it all
1: back together. I just like the fact that we've now spent several minutes talking about Lewis's code and he's not even here. I
2: know. We got the timestamp for him. It's
1: all right. I've, I'm going to go message him later and be like, Lewis, we've talked about your code on the podcast and it's going to be really funny. <laughs>
0: the internships uh perspective like what do you feel like i guess i guess the 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 question should be framed in like so you you did the internship Mm -hmm. and you you know hope like you're you're here Mm -hmm. now so you enjoyed it at some point right (laughs) like what was that moment for you that was like all right like i want to do this
2: yeah full time. Honestly, it sounds super cheesy and I've said it before, right? but my experience was made amazing because of the team that I was surrounded with. And obviously what we're doing here at Prelude is like super innovative. It's exciting, you know it's the future. and that was all super appealing to me. But at the end of the day, like the mentorship mentorship that I had primarily from Alex and Lewis and David, And Chris, like obviously now, right. But I think you caught me towards the end of my internship. Yeah. But like just speaking to to that internship program, like the fact that the team wanted to see me succeed was just like, wow. You know, like you always hear like, you know, right? I'm younger, right. You always hear about people hating uh, work. They hate their team. They hate going into work. Like for me, it was exciting. Like I'd end up working by accident until like, you know, nine, 10 at night as an intern, just like looking at the code base, just like learning things. And I was like, that's the moment I was like, I think I had to, I had to stay here. You know, it's just, <laughs> first of all, so valuable to me and to like what I can learn and what I have learned. It's like it, it, the person I was a year ago, completely different to the, to the man I am now, but just a team, I, you know, but, yeah. I mean, I'm sure you guys felt the same way when we do the co-working sessions, and I was like, "Man, we need an office."
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like a real office. <laughs> the counterpoint to that though is, I also know that if we were all in an office together, we wouldn't get as much done.
2: <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> Are you kidding me? We'd be watching like YouTube videos or something. Oh, for sure. We would
1: spend all day making Slack bots
2: and yeah, posting memes exactly and memes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it it still also doesn't feel real sometimes though, because um, I feel like you kind of base your life off of school, right? Like all I've known up to this point really was school. Like every day you wake up, you go to school. And I feel like I kind of needed that wake up call that like read, you know, that, that paper being handed to me, but instead I kind of just got like thrown in, you know, it's like, I got the internship and all of a sudden I was like, Oh yeah, you work full time now, (laughs) (laughs) but I don't know. Like, Obviously it feels real, but like, there's no like reality check, right? Where it's like, Oh, you're an adult. (laughs) That's it.
1: Yeah. I I still remember when David was like, Hey, I want you to interview someone for an internship. doesn't know anything about computers. It's like, yeah. all right, sounds good to me.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, what, what's funny. Yeah. It was awesome. I, I love that interview. Um, I remember Lewis was throwing like such complex questions and like ideas at me. And I was like, yeah, I was like, that's really interesting. I don't know anything about <laughs> yeah. it yet, but like, yeah. Um, what's funny about that is I heard I was the only candidate to email you guys. Thank you. After the meeting. You were. I was like, oh, that's common knowledge.
1: <laughs> yeah, and and just oh, I, I was thankful. Yeah, and just from our con- like our perspective, it's when you're looking for intern, you're looking for attitude, right? And mm. you came in with an attitude of wanting to learn and really wanting to explore mm. an entirely new space. And it takes a lot of, in my opinion, it took a lot of a gumption to just say, "Yeah, I'm a mechanical mm. engineer. I know nothing about cybersecurity, yeah. <laughs> but I want to try and right. learn it." Like that, yeah. That for us pretty much sold it. Yeah, let's give them a shot.
2: Yeah, and I I don't know how I'm, like how what the percentage of like the viewers are for the podcast, but like if there are any younger people out there, like I'd seriously consider applying to startups for internships if they're taking any, because um, established companies their expectations for internships are are crazy. Like they want you to be knowledgeable already. It's like. The whole point of an internship is that I'm a student and I'm here to learn. You guys are supposed to like groom me into like who you want, but. And security, security and
0: computer science in general, just for that, for yeah. for the internship process is pretty crazy.
2: It's crazy. Right. Like so many of the internships I apply to, it's like, Oh yeah, you need to be knowledgeable on this, this and that. And it's like, Okay, well, my courses don't even teach me about taxes, so <laughs> I don't know.
1: <laughs> I don't
2: know how you expected me to know that. <laughs> but it's so funny.
0: Plus, plus, there's that level of freedom, right? Mm-hmm. Like, did you have an internship uh, at a at a bigger company for like Mecki or whatever?
2: So I've done like uh, brief, like apprenticeships. Um, uh, one with my cousins previous company was at a startup they were working on uh, robotic arms and i kind of did like non-paid right apprenticeship kind of just learning the ropes um which was pretty interesting but like even then it was just so slow you know as i mentioned yeah. um and then i had also done an internship at another st- startup actually very very it was so it was uh I don't even know if they're still in business, right? Is a company called Sparrow, and they're working on um, basically changing how students get loans. And it was supposed to basically link alumni to students. So you would essentially sponsor a student, right? So you'd want like these richer alumni. Um, and the benefit to the schools would be that alumni are coming back and talking to the school, and then students are getting some you know, much needed guidance and hopefully job opportunities, right? That was super early stages of that startup. It was like three people. And my internship part of it was sending cold emails. <laughs> so really like, you know, not too much work experience besides that.
1: <laughs> That's such a waste of an intern too. Yeah.
2: It's like non-paid as well. Yeah.
1: Like what, they, what are you learning out of sending emails? I think it's it's like even illegal to do that for unpaid yeah. internships. They have, you have to get some kind of tangible, tangible skill out of an unpaid internship and sending yeah. emails
2: is not really a tangible skill. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I hate to say it, but I was not a good worker towards the end of that internship. <laughs> hey, at least you're honest. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, like, like you said, I was just sending emails. I wasn't learning anything. Um,
0: I mean, that's some, that's some of the issues with just internship, uh, like processes in general is like a lot of times especially in the bigger companies like they they try to pigeonhole something for someone to mm-hmm. do and like sometimes it's good and a lot of times it's not and the intern doesn't really know yeah and then on top of that it's like there's very little freedom and that's one of the nice things about like doing a you know a startup internship is that you get that freedom to be like all right like uh i want you know I want to do these things mm-hmm. or whatever, and you can kind of go do that. Yeah. Um, and then there's also like more of that hands-on stuff. Like if you're in a bigger company, like a lot of times, like mm-hmm. you're just you're just a cog in the wheel, just like everyone else. Yeah. But
2: um, it, and especially doing internships at bigger companies, like so, my decision was made to join Prelude because like the team was small at the time, right? And I actually wanted my internship to have value. Like I knew I was coming in with no experience, but I was like, I know startups need help with everything, you know? And like, you need to be agile. You need to be able to, uh, switch like different areas of work. I was like, I know there's gotta be something, whether it's sending emails again, but like something I could provide value to instead of working at like a bigger company and just, you know, doing like different filing, or like sending emails, right? Or like a, a presentation on like nothing that won't go anywhere. Like I think it's important for people who want to do their internships to think about the upside for them and what they can grow, but also like what they can actually provide, because I think that's much needed experience in, in, in a different sense.
0: Yeah, the reason why you do an internship <laughs> is is for the experience. Right. right? And be able to put that on your resume. And then hopefully, like the other thing, you know, is that that you do the ex- mm-hmm. you do this uh, internship, which is mm-hmm. usually lower pay than a full time yeah. employee or whatever, and that that company will then say, "Hey, like you want to come on board?" Right. Like, and then it becomes like a you know a a win win mm-hmm. scenario. But uh, even a lot of times, like especially with bigger companies, they have their in their intern like pool is so much bigger. Yeah, and they just look at you as like cheap labor, mm-hmm. and it's like. Yeah.
2: Why? <laughs> yeah. Did you guys have any like interesting internships when you're first starting out?
0: I didn't have any internships, but like, I I've definitely ran a few internship mm-hmm. programs, mm-hmm. and even from the from those programs, like I did one from a, a startup perspective, mm-hmm. and like those were great because like you had things to work on, like you had things that that those people could work on, and like they would get experience from it, and you got to do that mentorship part. But then from the, the more bigger piece, like it was still smaller team, so it, it kind of worked. But something sometimes it depended on the person, right? Like depending on that person and where they were going, like, are they gonna be pigeonholed or are they gonna have something cool to, yeah. to work on? And it just really determined on the person. Um Alex, you were at that same place. I'm sure you saw that. Like <laughs> if depending on who that person was and who they were going to and like who was their mentor, the really determined if they were going to have a good time or a bad time. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we shouldn't elaborate
1: on that one. <laughs> uh, I, I also have not, I, I didn't do any internships cause I was air force ROTC and your summers are right. yeah. pretty much wrapped up in either training or going back and supporting training of some sort. Mm-hmm. But I have also been involved in many different internship programs. And I think what we've come up with here is the result of seeing a lot of the failures of other internship programs Mm and trying to not have that. So I like Chris, I don't know if you've seen it, but when you do an internship here, you get like, we have a sprint by sprint breakdown of the areas Mm -hmm. that you're going to go through. And then we hop you around different areas of our company. So our company split out between basically product, engineering, security, and systems, and then business, obviously. So as an intern, you're actually going to get experience in all of those. So if you come on as a security engineering intern, you're going like to focus primarily, probably half of your sprints here would be security, but then you're also going to do sprints in systems and engineering and product and business and customer support and stuff. Like the idea is you get yeah. to do every aspect of a of what a business is. That's to me, that's how you give value. Um, and then it's all like sprint formatted, so you have tickets, so you actually know what
2: you have to do. Yeah. And, and to that, our uh internship program was amazing when I did it. That I even spoke at DEF CON. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> as an intern. You did speak at I don't Con know what other programs intern. could say that. <laughs> what was your talk on? I remember um like uh, basically autonomous attacks within operator oh, cool. using like the custom facts. Um, but Alex, I remember when you and David told me that I was doing a DEF CON speech <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, I hate public speaking. Oh, good! <laughs> I was so <laughs> nervous. I was so nervous. And then I found out that it was online. Like So like I was dreading. About it for like a week, right? And then, at like our next like sprint meeting or whatever, I find out that it's all online, it's pre-recorded. I was like, "Oh my gosh, weight off my shoulder!" <laughs> <laughs> I was freaking out.
1: Wait, is this why you're not coming to the workshop with me? Don't like being no. in front of people because <laughs> then I'm definitely gonna make you
2: go. No, I actually have exams. I Likely you. story. I would go. I would go otherwise. And see. Like that's a, that's a bucket list item yeah. for
0: most security engineers is to go talk to DEFCON. Like you did that as an intern.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and like I mentioned how I was nervous to speak. The other part that I was scared on were the questions <laughs> because I was like an intern just new to the field. I was like, Oh man, I can only imagine what <laughs> questions are going to be asked. I remember, um, I was seeing if any other team was going to be online in the discord channel, like during that to see if like, they'll help me out. And then nobody was <laughs> what happened. <laughs> and I was like, I swear, I was like, I bet someone's here disguised as one of these, uh, like users asking me these questions. Like, that'd be funny. <laughs> like, think, throw me an insane question. I think David and I were physically in Vegas at that point. So we, yeah, I know you guys
1: we we couldn't were. be there to help you.
2: I also did another uh, conference. I can't, Chris. You did that one as well. You and Alex. Which uh, one was that the uh, CodeCon? Something like that. I can't remember. Yeah. Something. <laughs> I remember Chris and I were on the Discord channel, being like, "So how do we do Q and A? Is it like audio, or <laughs> like are they just gonna drop questions?"
0: <laughs> yeah, just the whole like um, uh, online format of of uh, conferences. I, I actually really like mm-hmm. that format. And I think it does well, but it's like for that that brief moment there, where everybody was like, "Oh, how do I do?" This? And yeah, so it's always like
2: right before. <laughs> I remember, uh, like the admin of the channel hadn't added me to the QA chat. I was yeah. like, "Hey, I'm presenting in two minutes." I was like, "Should I be in somewhere?"
1: If it makes you feel <laughs> anybody
2: better, Chris and I completely goofed
1: on the day of one of our yeah.
2: <laughs> one of our presentations, yeah.
1: and I got to call it like two in the morning dude we got to present in an hour
2: yeah it's like oh it's like, my gosh my bad and you guys did it yeah. though so. it's fine.
0: yeah it's easy yeah it's totally great it went well it, it, it went was, it was like, well
2: it was like yeah what conferences should i look forward to like just attending because i'm sure there will be some i will
0: um i mean there's so many good conferences now
2: yeah one in vegas i feel like has <laughs> to be
0: I mean, yeah. yeah the, actually, those are the ones, like the bigger ones, like the real big ones, yeah. like, Def Con or whatever. Like those are the ones that are kind of like starting to, like, Def Con has its place, mm-hmm. right? Like, but it's not like, but he needs to go to at least I would one consider to it, like, experience it. Like, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Like, because Def Con is the after party of Black Hat, <laughs> right? Like, it's it is a party.
2: It's, it's a party. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome.
0: And then, and then you know you have B sides. Um, Vegas there too, which actually I, I really like their format, like the lightning talks and stuff like that, and they usually have it all in just one room, and people just kind of walk in, and I like that format. Yeah. Um, and either you like Vegas or not. Like, I'm not a big fan of Vegas just in general, but you know, other people there is like, yeah, this is this is my jam.
2: <laughs> Five hundred dollar stakes, right? There's got to be some for me.
0: <laughs> it's it's actually. It's not that bad. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I take it back, actually. <laughs>
0: um, but uh, yeah, like the like infiltrate and, you know, all these like smaller cons. Unfortunately, like that's the, that's the problem in this industry from a security perspective. Like talking about cons, like we're going on a completely different tangent. But uh, yeah, like you either have this scenario where it's like super cheap cons that everybody go to. That's great. And it's fun. There tend to be parties and stuff like that. Or you get these really expensive cons. It just goes the other way, right? It's like super expensive, and you've got like maybe a hundred, two hundred people there at max. And they're great cons and you learn a lot, but they're just like it'll cost you your whole training budget to go to one. So
2: <laughs> are you uh doing any uh, conferences soon, Chris? I know Alex is doing one.
1: Um, I don't think so. I have two in okay, May. Have we have the workshop. Yeah. And then I, and then we, uh, one in Iowa. So we do tel- telecommunications conferences as well, because that's like our primary customer is people who don't do cybersecurity. So we try to find telecom, telecom and like those off the beaten trail conferences to go talk to people and, Share knowledge, bridge gaps, that kind of thing.
2: Is there a like a destination in Iowa that you have to see? Like what's the tourist spot? I
1: don't know. But if anybody from Iowa <laughs> is, is listening a, and you have any input, let me let know. Us know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> what's the best pizza place there?
0: <laughs> so the to kind of to to get back on hmm. track. So you were done with your internship yep. and then you start doing some QA stuff yeah. that was during 1.4 time yeah 1.5 yeah
2: 1, 1.4 1, 1.3 to 1.5 that's like my main QA yeah.
0: how is that like like Q, QA is its own little beast right like you got to find people's bugs then you got to go tell them like yo dude fix <laughs> it
2: it's <laughs> it's fun at the same time sometimes I'd feel bad you know, like, especially because, like, I just made that transition from intern to full time worker. It'd be like, hey, I found this bug. And it's like, they're like, okay. Right. And it's like, all right, that's all I had to say. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, it's like, yeah, hey, I didn't like, I wouldn't tell my I fixed it or anything. It's just like, hey, I found this. It's like, okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? I feel bad at like pushing people on like stuff like that. But, uh, it was definitely super interesting like to learn about QA. I find QA like fascinating. I really like writing tests uh, when they work. I don't like writing them when they don't. <laughs> um, but a lot of my QA had to do with an operator, right? So like a lot of uh, U- UI-based testing, just to make sure like what the users were doing, they wouldn't encounter any obscure like edge case bug, right? Um, and that part of QA isn't as fun, At all, especially when you've done, like, I'd say, honestly, on your fifth cycle, it's like, it's like, I don't know, you know, thoughtless activities. (laughs) It's just like clicking every button in in a certain pattern or sequence that would somehow cut, like, obviously there's some intention, right?
0: The QA process, the the process of like going through it It, and you you go through it and you go through it
2: and you go through it, right? (laughs) And and it's like
0: your automated test scripts and all that that stuff.
2: And it's funny. It's like, I remember uh, Far Cry 3, if you guys have played that video game, the main character is like the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different outcome. And I was like, I feel like that's QA in a nutshell sometimes. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but I, I, I and David David gave you a lot of power
0: on QA. Too. Yeah. Like he, if you want to, you know, if if you need to stop the release, like yeah, no, he did. It's all on you. Which was awesome because
2: like <laughs> as like a younger person, like really starting their career, like having that power already was great, right? Like uh, also keeps me accountable for what I do. <laughs> but QA was really interesting when when I got to like uh, integration and unit tests. That's where, that's what I really like. I wish I had um, dedicated more time to writing those tests during my sprints. But obviously there are uh, more important testing that we had to do before a big 1.5 release. Which if you guys haven't checked it out, check it out.
0: <laughs> yeah. 1.5.
2: It's awesome. She I remember quick. when I went back to 1.4 for like a bit of testing before, I was like, man, it's like, get me back to, <laughs> get me back to master.
0: <laughs> I, th- I think that was like a lot of people's like, yeah. feelings. Like I, I know Sam was like that. Like, can I just make my stuff for one? <laughs> <Right?
2: laughs> I mean, the TTPs, Yeah. The, it's like, no, Sam, everyone who's going to be using, it, it's going to be on production. <laughs> it was like, wait a week. And then, yeah.
0: so so now you're like transitioned Mm. to front end like what are you looking forward to yeah
2: uh honestly so i remember when i started my internship david had asked me what are a few areas that i'm interested in and i've always considered myself not a designer by any any means but like i can make things look nice like my defcon slides i thought they were like a work of art even though they definitely were just okay but (laughs) i really like um all the like front, so I'm focusing on front end, right? Um, I like the creativity that I can put into what I'm doing. And at the same time, I'm a super indecisive person though. So I'll spend like 30 minutes to an hour, just reshaping the padding on something, you know, I'd be like, no, this isn't quite right. This then it's like going back and forth. <laughs> so it's like a super interesting area for me to work in because like I, I, I have so much fun doing it But at the same time, like my indecisive nature, like really gets the best of me sometimes and I lose track of time, but like with that, because I'm so indecisive, like thinking like in the future, right. Like working with Robert uh, as he gives me the designs, like I won't have to think about any of that. Right. It's just like, Oh, just recreate this. Yeah. That's what I'm looking forward to. <laughs> Cause otherwise it's going to take me a lot longer. <laughs>
0: but So, so we're going to come back from a year from now. and You'll be like that, that button. Yeah. That button was amazing. <laughs> like I made that button.
1: You have
2: no idea how long uh, this button took me. <laughs> yeah. The, the padding on that got changed 30 times. <laughs> it's a good thing. Like padding, doesn't have like set increments, right? Like you can't change anything to the tens place. Right. Because otherwise it would have like padding 3.1, 3.2, 3.3. Like I could yeah. only imagine <laughs> how much time I would waste on that. <laughs> if you consider that a waste, but
0: <laughs> you'll know the Adobe RGB color wheel by, by heart. That, yeah. That,
2: <laughs> I saw someone recently, he said like, um, his like, uh, what's so like your bar trick or whatever right he's like he can guess what color it is based off their rgb or like their hex sorry their hex value but i was like wow i gotta get to that that point <laughs> i think it would have-
0: we, we knew somebody from white who would uh who'd like you know wanted to make sure that they matched yeah so they didn't like you know look bad or whatever so they would go to the rgb color wheel and like there's a, like a matching tool mm-hmm. that would match like tell you if the colors like oh. match accurately yeah and so he would just use that in order to like make sure that like what he was wearing that day would color match
2: <laughs> wait how did he, do, did he take like a picture <laughs> of himself first
0: no 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 you just get the like the color value oh, okay yeah to, like, yeah. Like, he knew this. the color value <laughs> yeah, yeah and it would like does this match yeah yeah, yeah that totally matches uh, that works <laughs>
2: chris i think there's a an app idea in there somewhere a daily photo of your outfit and then it will like scientifically check if they match if those colors like coordinate well
0: (laughs) so for the people who don't know like the other thing about (laughs) is that he will like spencer and david will always ask him for for crazy ideas and uh and so we'll be sitting there and like Getting uh, Stefan's crazy ideas for like an hour, <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: and and that's another thing that you can you can cross off the bucket list. Like you got to cr- uh, like present a crazy idea to a,
2: a, a VC. VC, yeah. And his response yeah. was hilarious. I won't go into detail, but
1: <laughs> it was awesome.
2: <laughs> it was uh, probably the last thing I thought his uh, his v- response would be. <laughs> But yeah, so, I mean, 22, spoke at DEF CON and pitched to a VC, you know? Yeah, there you go. And working at a startup. I think that's, like, uh, I'm doing pretty well so far.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And and actually, you've been working at a startup and you've gone through a seed and Series A funding. Mm -hmm. Actually, you weren't here for seed, so you've gone through a Series A.
2: Series A, yeah. yeah. See, I think Seed was like right before. Yeah, we had just closed our Seed
1: right before you had joined, yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, Which is crazy, Alex, because in like three months, it'll be a year since I've been here. Oh,
1: wow, really?
2: Isn't that so crazy? That is is pretty crazy. Yeah.
1: Time flies when you're having fun, I guess.
2: Dude, seriously, (laughs) like I've enjoyed my time so much here and... It's only gonna get better too.
0: So I think we're gonna wrap up here, um, but we've got one last question for you. Yeah. What security resource in the past year have you found really helpful? Hmm. There's probably a lot.
2: And and so what do we, what do we mean know? by resource? Just so I- Just anything, like
0: something online, something something people can go to and say, "Hey, like." yeah hmm. this what's something that's helped you like to go through like software engineering or?
2: Oh, I think everyone knows the first answer that comes to their mind with that stack overflow. <laughs> 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 but that doesn't really really relate to security. Um,
0: yeah, it does. Yeah, it does in a way.
2: I, you, you wouldn't just
0: copy and paste in your stack? Yeah, overflow, Ho- Hopefully not. No, no, no. <laughs>
2: I don't, but I'll give you um, a sidetracked answer because I'm not too sure what resource I've really like looked into security-wise, but recently the only... It doesn't have to be security. Yeah. Like if you the, want to be software engineer. The only source of information that I, and this might not be a great, right, is, that I use is Reddit which is crazy to think, right? Because, um, I don't trust
0: any particular subreddit.
2: No, honestly, just like the, I'll like look up a question and then put in Reddit at the end. And the reason I do that is because I trust like other people's experiences more. Right. And it, uh, like, especially with Reddit, people will just give it to you straight, you know? And yeah. I don't like when I look up answers or like, you know, if I'm comparing two different products, right? Like you click on these news articles, and you're like, "Well, I bet this one news article got this product two weeks early, right?" And he like probably has some stake in how what he's going to write about. And so I've like really strayed away from any sort of news article in that sense, and just purely get my information from Reddit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which yeah, re- yeah,
0: Reddit's a good resource. I yeah, think. it is. Yeah.
2: So yeah, I would say that one, but. I'm not sure if it'd be the best uh, resource for security. (laughs) I'm sure some subreddits, though.
0: Yeah, I mean, infosec uh, subreddits, not bad, and uh, like infosec students Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Do you you guys
2: use Reddit a lot for that same reason? I use it every day. Yeah, I don't have an account. I'll I'll have to get one. But
0: dude, you you don't you don't harvest the karma.
2: (laughs) I don't think I have any. It was like the yeah, like the upvotes, (laughs) right? I, I see badges sometimes too like some you know some guy will give it to you straight on a product and all of a sudden he has like these gold medals above him I was like oh this guy's trustworthy <laughs> <laughs> he's got like a Doge badge I was like yep <laughs> whatever he he could be the president for all I know for all I care hey they they sponsored the Doge the Doge uh, uh,
0: NASCAR car yeah the whole Doge uh, our Doge did the whole NASCAR car crazy <laughs>
2: But yeah, so I'd say that's uh, my primary source of uh, information right now.
0: <laughs> yeah. We'll see. Sweet. All right. Well, Stefan, it was great to talk to you. Yeah. And uh, i sure we'll have you back on the podcast. Oh, yeah.
2: You know, Alex, Chris, thank so, uh, you so much for having me on.
0: Uh, absolutely. We'll ask you how, how the buttons are doing. <laughs> yeah.
2: <seriously>. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, a year from now, if uh, you guys have me back on, probably sooner than that but uh, ask me how I interpret Lewis's code then <laughs> Yeah, probably a lot better
0: we'll, we'll do a whole podcast on
2: Lewis's yeah. code <laughs> and just have every every member who's touched the code base talk on it yeah. speak on it give your interpretation of this code
1: base.
2: <laughs> I still think it's hilarious that I had to break out his three lines into like 20 just to understand yeah. all the nested, <laughs> nested stuff going on yeah. thanks right. guys
0: absolutely so that's gonna do it for this week's episode of overture the prelude podcast I'd like to thank Stefan again for coming on the podcast and talking with us we will be back again sometime this month for our 12th episode of overture if you like this podcast please consider giving us a like and subscribe so you don't miss any of our newest episodes overture is distributed on all major podcasting platforms including spotify Apple Podcasts, our blog at feed.prelude.org, and our YouTube. We will see you again this month. Till then, Prelude out.